Welcome to Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I'm your host, Tigrila Gardenia, nature-inspired mentor and leadership coach. In this podcast, I share ancient and modern knowledge from biology to spirituality about the wondrous ways in which plants can help you lead a naturally conscious life. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 25. Today, we're really going to be talking about how a new paradigm requires a new vocabulary, a whole new way of of talking about things and speaking about things. Because if we're really going to enter into a new relationship with plants, we can't use many of the words that we have historically used for plants, either because they're anthropocentric, so they're really human-focused words, or because we think that by adding the word phyto before them or plant before them, such as plant intelligence or plant sentience, we're actually doing something different or we're we're thinking about it. But in, in reality, all we're doing is applying the human definition of words over a plant. And, and that really just doesn't work. It doesn't really get us anywhere because we're still thinking in terms of those human elements. Um, just recently, I was having a conversation with one of the members of our Naturally Conscious community of um, with one of our sprouts about the importance of, the, of even changing pronouns. So there was a landmark article written by Robin Wall Kimmerer, who is the author of Braiding Sweetgrass, an ecologist and a um, an indigenous member of, um, of, a, of her tribe. And so, um, and she wrote this wonderful article around the idea of changing the pronouns for nature. And it's a very, very long article. It goes into extremely detailed, but, uh, Nandini, one of our, our Sprout members actually wrote a kind of condensed version for the naturally conscious community that I want to share with you here today to kind of open up our conversation or or to kind of give a context to the conversation of why it's important for us to create new words in order to have real conversations with plants, to really enter into the idea of the plant mind um, and, and such. So I'm gonna read this article for you and then, uh, and then we'll talk about what, where we go from there. So Nandini writes, in 2015, Robin Wall Kimmerer, professor of environmental biology and member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation, wrote of the need to change how we speak of the natural world. As she currently points out, our use of it to describe any being strips that being of identity and in turn value. When we speak of a tree or animal as it, we do not see that tree or animal as a being equal to ourselves. Language shapes how we view the world. Kimmerer argues that in changing the way we address the natural world, we take an important step towards sustainability and away from extinction. She poses the question, might the path to sustainability be marked by grammar? Anishinaabe, I say that really beautifully in my head, Anishinaabe, Anishinaabe, not an easy word, Kimmerer's native language, and now I'm going to butcher this one even worse, so bear with me because I'm going to get somewhere with it. Bimasdiziaki is the word that best describes all beings of the living earth. Recognizing that this long and difficult to pronounce word, you just saw me struggling with it, will never find its way into our language, Kimmerer suggests that we adopt only the last syllables, ki. She further suggests that we adapt the plural kin so key as a pronoun for all living beings of nature all living beings of the earth of earth 
and kin as the plural of all these living beings. The naturally conscious community draws on our individual and collective relationships with the natural world. Together, we learn how nature reflects ourselves back to us. We recognize the valuable lessons contained in the natural world, and we are, of course, focused on taking the necessary steps away from extinction towards sustainability, and I would even add regeneration. The adoption of key kin as pronouns we use to speak of our plant friends and, uh, and the other beings in the natural world seems an obvious step in our growth towards becoming the naturally conscious individuals we strive to be. The words seem strange at first, but as with everything else, practice transforms the strangeness into familiarity. In time, we wonder how we ever use the word it to describe beings with whom we feel such a close affinity. We have made the journey to transforming the language that defines us. We continue the journey of transforming the world. And I, I think this is a beautiful sentiment that Nandini writes, because I think it is so important for us to transform our world through the words that we use to speak in every language. Obviously, here we're talking mainly about English. And I find that in other languages, it's even worse because, you know, plants have a gender, you know, it's, it's la planta or la pianta, depending on if you're talking about Italian or Spanish, you know, you're talking in French. Many of these words require us to even give a gender to what is a plant being, which can be either genderless or have both genders or be one or the other in different moments of the time. So the idea of us taking back language, of reconquering language, of thinking of what is the language that we need for a new paradigm is extremely important. But before I go on, I wanna share with you one of our eco-conscious business partners so that you too can share in the creation of a new, more sustainable and regenerative world. I think- Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So I really want to talk about creating kinship one word at a time. You know, Nandini has captured beautifully why we strive to create a language of inclusion and plant awareness here in the naturally conscious community and in all the work that we're doing. But most importantly, don't worry if you don't get it right, right? Or don't worry if you make up weird words that seem to not make sense at all. Each of us is really learning, experimenting, exploring, and that's really the only way we're going to do this. In the Naturally Conscious Leadership Group, we were having a conversation about where one of our one of our Sprout members, one of our leader Sprouts, was talking about what it was that she was trying to create as a new form of business. And she's always talked about this 22nd century business model, right? And Patty's really passionate about this topic and I love her for talking about this but we always struggle into putting it into practice because what does a new business model look like 
what does it look like to be living in the future and to be thinking about things in a more collaborative way with our plant friends? And so when we talk with our plants friends, we sometimes in communicating with them have responses that come through pictures, responses that come through memories, responses that come through the body, as I was talking about in our last episode. But how do we then take all of that and put that into a language that we can share to help create a new, uh, a new um, paradigm? Even when it comes to the pronouns for nature, right, he and kin, which seems so simple, personally, there's still a lot of discussion around it because he and kin might be fine for he, him, her, she, that kind of stuff. But what about the possessive, right? Is it easier to use uh, key self, kin self, kin selves, I guess it would be, or is it keys or kins? Um, there's other ways. Honestly, I tend to revert back to they, which I feel like is genderless and kind of they as I see a person when I think about that. So I tend to work in that direction where I go or more like there they're something, not they. I tend to go key, kin for plural and singular pronouns. And then I go towards there for when it comes to possession, because it still takes me towards the realm of personhood. And even there, I, te I tend to very much um, quantify when I'm talking about persons. So when I say a person, I will usually say a human person, a plant person, a rock person, an animal person, I will quantify it now because personhood has now been stripped away of humanity for me personally. But I just wrote a message to somebody the other day where I said person to person connection and I was talking about humans and plants and the person responded to me and said, hey, you have an error in what you just wrote to me because you wrote person to person and I thought we were talking about humans and plants. And I was like, yeah. So then I corrected it to like human person to plant person because I recognize that not everybody is in the same headspace as I am. But there's many, 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 many words that we can start to think about differently. Like I get really frustrated when we talk about phytointelligence or phytoneurology or plant consciousness and all these types of things. As if consciousness is not universal, we have to say that consciousness, when I use with no descriptor, responds to just humans and that you have to quantify that. And that's really frustrating to me because I really want consciousness to be something that is universal because I do feel like it applies to everything. When it comes to feelings, on the other hand, that's a really difficult space because when I when people say happy, sad, uh, pain, suffering, which are often terms that are used to understand consciousness and understanding legal rights and many other aspects, um, do plants really feel those things the way we've defined them? Like, do plants feel happiness in the way that we as humans feel happiness? I personally don't think so. I think they have a completely different emotion. And I welcome the day when my subtle body of imagination is creative and open enough and is receptive enough to what these beautiful beings are sharing with me that I can come up with a new word that that represents and that I can intrinsically feel represents whatever are the emotions that plants have. I feel like when it comes to plant emotions, and see, I just did it right there where I you know, had to quantify what kind of emotions we're talking about. But when it talks to plant emotions, I feel like we're still eons away. Like we're still not even close to understanding. I can get in when I start to communicate with a plant or when I spend a long time with like a long time lying on the grass or sitting with a tree against my back or one of those rare days when I spend the morning in bed with the plants in my room and I really allow myself to sort of 
step out of my humanness and really into that plantness through all of these and, and connect, I can feel that there's an emotion there. I can feel it in my body. I feel it in, in different aspects of my body, depending on what they're experiencing, which is not just things like thirst and hunger and these aspects, which I do feel also, but I feel way more. I just have never been able to come up with a word for it. But I feel like if we're going to shift the paradigm of our relationship with plants, we need to start thinking about new words. We need to play with words. We need to adjust them to, to match our evolving beliefs and our values as they do. I think we feel like, I feel like we need to create an entirely new vocabulary to represent our plant awakening and our recognition that these beings have their own experience. Now, this is probably the true, the same case for animals and for fungi and for all that. I'll let all of you have those arguments and those discussions. Trust me, I'm with you on there, but my mind is of course, completely embedded into the plant world. Because as I start to go into these things, I realize that I expand. I become a more interesting, more, um, even there, see, I don't even have the words. I become a person that is much more connected, much more adapted, much more uh, aligned, in tune, authentic. And I see that happening in the naturally conscious community. I see that happening with my clients, right? All of my one-on-one -on -one clients that continue to expand and grow, it is exactly like that, like Nandini herself, right? As she has entered deeper into this relationship with plants, she has completely expanded the way that she interacts with the world. And therefore her words are different. Now, we sometimes still have to quantify our words, explain them, give them, but with use, all of that will come and ideas and minds will shift. That 20, 22nd century business model that Patty keeps talking about will shift, will come into being the more that she spends this time in her dandelion center with the trees and the plants and all the different beings of that land who are helping her understand the business model that she wants to create for her center that is not come tied to the old ways of doing things, but are tied to a completely new way of looking at things. You know, there's a really famous TED talk that I love. It's Erin uh, McKean. She did this TED talk in 2014, and it's called Go Ahead, Make Up New Words. She says, you should make, a, make words because every word is a chance to express your ideas and get your meaning across. A new word grabs people's attention. They get people to focus on what you're saying, and that gives you a better chance of getting your meaning across. And I, I think this is beautiful and amazing and so important because really only together can we create a lexicon that more accurately represents our growing awareness of the plant king home. Notice that king home. That's the one that I use a lot. I know some of my legacy stuff still says kingdom, but we had a huge discussion in the naturally conscious community about the word kingdom. And boy, does that word suck when you define it or when you break it down in every single which way. The fact that it's king, queen isn't any better. The fact that, so you have gendered and you have these hierarchical roles. The fact that it's a dome and it's like connected to possession of a land or whatever. And so when I started to use key and kin, 
it naturally flowed to say kin home instead of kingdom. And isn't that beautiful? I mean, can you imagine the fungi kin home, the animal kin home, the human kin home, the you know, the plant kin home? I mean, we're talking about the fact that this is the home for all of these beings. This is the way that these beings connect into one another. And yet we're all part of these homes because we're all part of kin. I, I love that so much. It was such a fun realization to, to come to that conclusion. And I'm looking forward to when that really grabs more attention and starts to get used more often. So remember, instead of saying kingdom, try king home, kin home. It can even be, you know, the, the, the country that you live in is a kin home. So I, I just love it. I love it so much. But I really want to hear what words you come up with. How do you today describe your relationship with plants, the emotions that you feel or that you feel like the plant is feeling based on your interaction with the plants. Don't worry about whether or not anybody understands them or not. Just help, let's just define them. Let's put them out there. Let's start a conversation in the Naturally Conscious community where we start to talk about all these words and put them into being, because I feel like this is such an important aspect of what we're doing. Let me know what your thoughts are on words. I mean, is grammar and, and words something static, but or is it something that's constantly changing and that you yourself, want to modify in order to better embrace who you are becoming in relation to the plants and all the other beings of our planets. So that's it for me. That's it for this episode. I hope you really stirs something inside of you that is that is interested in creating a newness. I know that I'm going to be working with uh, No Name Dresenia over here on that this coming year, because I really feel like this is part of that subtle body of imagination that I'm keep working on. I feel like part of my path with that is the idea of this new lexicon, this new vocabulary, these new words. So until then, remember, resist the urge to hold back your evolving green brilliance. This is me, Tigria Gardenia. I'm out for now. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. Intro and outro music by Steve Shuley and Poinsettia from The Singing Life of Plants. So join me, Tigrila Gardenia, and my plant collaborators next time on Reconnect with Plant Wisdom.